0: Welcome to Pet Will Radio, a unique show about amazing animals and inspirational people. With your host, author, animal advocate, and attorney,
1: Peggy Hoyt.
0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Pet Will Radio. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and & Brian and MyPetWill.com. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. It's my pleasure to be with you today. Every time we get together, we explore the options and alternatives for creating a lasting legacy for your pet. In addition, I try to feature every week um, a person from the pet industry who's doing something wonderful and this week is no exception. We are going to talk today with our special guest, Caroline Emery. She's a founding attorney at Caroline Emery, Attorney at Law. She's located in Jacksonville, Florida area. Welcome, Caroline. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Peggy. I'm
1: thrilled to be on your show. I've been been an inspiration ever since I've read your book, All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I have read both editions several times and found them very useful.
0: Well, I enjoyed uh, the opportunity that we had when we got to meet at the IBPSA conference up in the Jacksonville area earlier this year, and it was great to see that I have a kindred spirit out there, somebody who is talking to their clients about planning for their pets and how important it is, and so I really appreciate um, the fact that we share the same passion. We do, yes, definitely. I agree. So um, tell me how you got interested in um, helping clients plan for their pets.
1: Well, I guess it started, uh, well, first, I I guess it started when I grew up overseas. Um, My father was in the State Department. So uh, we moved from country to country. Uh, Actually, my first language was French and then I learned English, and by the time I was eight, I, I um, spoke Spanish. When we moved to the States at four, when I was 14, I actually spoke Spanish better than English. But um, then I majored in, in social work and became an attorney. And I've been an attorney for 30 years, um, living in Jacksonville for most of that time. Um, but... Um, I guess I could trace it back to when I kept moving from country to country and I had pets in different countries, and I couldn't check on them after leaving them behind. I remember seeing their sad, puzzled faces as they were driven off to their new homes, and it was gut-wrenching to me, and it seared into my mind. Um, But when when pets lose their parents, it's also traumatic to the pet, and I keep thinking and wondering about my pet's trauma and, and their transition, and I wonder, I've wonder, i wondered for decades, you know, were, were the instructions for the new caregivers good enough? And it affected me to my core. Um, and another experience I've had more recently um, were with pets that I've had um, I had some a couple of sick cats, and I went for refills for a prescription of um diet food and I forgot my prescription card and they refused to refill the prescription and it was for me and for my cats and um so then I realized, gosh, you know i would I would be driving really. Really safely, and I kept seeing, thinking, "God, Lord, please don't let me get into a car accident because nobody would know how to take care of my cats. They don't know their routines, and and I don't have good instructions. So then I realized I really need a plan, and and I need to minimize my pet's trauma and make sure that their transition is okay. So since then, I've I've um, gone into um, private practice. Um, as an attorney I for about twenty six years or so I have been working in, in the government for the judiciary, uh, for the judges, um, in the last ten years as general counsel for Duval, Nassau and Clay counties. But um but recently I've I've gone into my own practice um, and and um and using my my social work background and my passion for pets and and I've put together a, a comprehensive um, pet instruction manual that's tailor-made for my clients' pets um, to make sure that their transition is um, is seamless and as um, the um, traumatic um, um, to minimize the trauma um, as as much as possible. I guess for pets, um, I, I've heard you, Peggy, say in the past. That uh, people are more obsessive about leaving behind um, detailed instructions for their kids' babysitters when they leave um, their kids behind just for a few hours than than leaving good instructions for um, for pets um, for life. So I think it's it's good to have good instructions um, for pets and also. Um, to have a pet power of attorney to make sure that um, someone else has the same authority that you do um, to say to to pick up um, prescriptions um, in case something happens to to you. Um, there's a good part in in your book that covers um, power of attorneys. Um, and oh my gosh, I love your book. By the way, that is a must-read for anybody who has a pet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> all my children have fur coats. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, all my children wear fur coats. The, that is such a good book. But yes, that covers um, the book covers power of attorneys. Um, it has a section in there. Um, so I have, um, you know, those those are parts of my um, pet care plans um, to make sure that that um the transition is is as seamless as possible for those poor pets if they if they need to um find a new caregiver.
0: Well, I think it's really interesting Caroline that um as a young person that you were so acutely aware of the trauma um the look in your pet's eyes as you were leaving that pet behind um so you you must have been very, you know much in love with your pets and very concerned about their welfare. And yet, as a child, um being moved from country to country, you probably didn't have much say so in what was happening.
1: No um, no, you don't. Um, I mean there there are good good things about moving from country to country. yeah you, know, you you get exposed to different cultures and um, different languages and, and things like that. But, um, but it is difficult leaving behind, um, your, your pets. Um, and it's not just difficult for, for you as a child, but it's, it's, um, as you say, it was difficult for the poor pet, <laughs> seeing that in their eyes and, and, um, and, you know, it, it definitely was sad, but it made me realize that, that pets, um, do need to be taken care of and, and uh, you do make, need to make sure that that the instructions are are good, um, because you know pets. It's all about routines for pets, and if if um, if you can minimize the trauma, and and keep the routine the same as much as possible, um, and you know then their routine isn't out of whack as much. Um, so if the um, if you can uh, keep. You know, have really good instructions um, that that would help. And I have a number of clients who really,
0: I think, have mastered. Um Getting those really good instructions written down, and um, and really that was one of the impetus for having the online pet profile at mypetwill.com was so that these instructions were not just available in the home of the pet owner, but could be accessed online, really from any device. And it seems like the longer I live, you know, it's all about devices, right? Phones and iPads and computers and laptops and um, every little thing we have anymore, it seems like we can access just about everything there is.
1: That's true. And then many people say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I've got instructions. That's fine. But then when you dig a little deeper, you know, it's not just, you know, here's the medication and 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 here's the type of food that, that the pet eats and, and here's the vet number. I mean, there's a lot more um, a lot more to the pet than that. And for example, here's a good example that's involved, that's included in my instructions, is the pet's vocabulary. Um, there's different ways that we communicate with our pets. Uh, some people, you know, there's even different ways of saying no to our pet. Some people say, for example, no, 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 or they say, or they say, eh. or they yell no real loud some people say no you know better than that really gently you know now right? if a dog <laughs> now if a dog is used to being is used to hearing a gentle no you know better than that you know and then and then he straightens up and does you know does the right thing that's fine but now, if the new caregiver yell, you know, it's a real loud speaking man who just yells out, "No!" Well, that poor dog's going to be traumatized and freaked out and upset. So it's you know, and he's the dog's already traumatized that he doesn't have his you know his his you know this person that he used to love and is all of a sudden is gone and gone from his life. But now he's getting yelled at. You know, if if there were instructions that explain how to say no, you know better than that. Then you know he won't have to put his tail under his leg and have the ears go back and then just like slither off. You know, so that's just one. You know, that's just one part of the vocabulary. Like and also, when does the dog get flea medication? You know, and. What time does it get walked? I mean, there's just so many things to make sure that the routine is the, exactly the same thing, just to minimize the trauma. Well, and I think it's interesting that
0: you say that. I'm one of those "eh" people, you know, that goes. Ah. <laughs> Um it's it's universal all animals understand it horses dogs cats everybody um so that's pretty common at my house but i can see and i had never really thought about that caroline and it's making me laugh because i can't believe it's such a simple thing but it's so true um that true yeah that how we speak to our pets um We need to communicate that so that the next person that might come along would understand that. Now, I spoke today with with one of the rescue groups that I do fostering for, and um, I may be getting a new foster. And um, I've I've only recently started fostering um, because... Realistically, I'm not really a very good foster potential because I tend to be more of a failed foster, but I'm trying to do better. And um, and so I've done two successfully, and this may be my third, but the thing that um, I've noticed in that process goes to this point that you're making, is that here this animal, this dog in this instance, is coming into my house um, from someone else's house. And I don't know their routine and I don't Mm -hmm. know all these nuances and they have to make friends with a whole new set of dogs and they have to learn a whole new routine. Like when we go out and what they do during the day and, um, you know, what happens in the evening and what are the boundaries of the property and are they allowed to go near the horses and, you know, all of these, you know, how do we interact with the cats and how do we behave in the house and yeah, there's. Yeah, and, that's so hard.
1: And granted,
0: the there's other dogs there, so they can kind of observe and, and figure it out. But at the same mm-hmm. time, there's that confusion. And you can see that they have this yeah. confusion. A, like, yeah. why am I here? And B, mm-hmm. why am I having to learn all this stuff? And I know one of my fosters, he was an older dog. He kept looking at me like, okay, time to go home now. Like, he'd walk to the door and look at me like, it's been oh. nice to be here, but I'm time- I'm ready to go home now. <laughs> and, um, you know, having to explain to him, you know, I'm so sorry, buddy, but, you know, there isn't a home Dad. for you to go to right yeah. now, and you're stuck with me. Um, Poor
1: little
0: guy. So I think it's true, and it's not just if a person passes away. It's if you have to give your pet up for any reason or if for you any end up... Reason. Right. right. Or you end up in a nursing home or long term care or uh, rehabilitation right. or the hospital or you're just separating
1: from your pet for any There's reason. There's so many reasons. That's the thing. Some people say, Oh, you know, my you know, my I'll outlive my 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 cat or my dog, it's you know, it's really old. And I say, you know, it's not just about death and it's not just about, you know, long term care. Like you just said, it's hospital, it's assisted assisted care facilities, or incapacity. But you know, there's also other, and I've heard your other shows. Um, there was one lady um, uh, taking care of pets for um, for people who got deployed. So it's military service. Um, and then there's also other other instances that people don't think about. Um, if if somebody um, gets put into jail and can't take care of the pet, and then people think, oh, no, you know, I wouldn't commit a crime. I wouldn't end up in jail. Well, you could be wrongfully charged. You know, that actually happened. I mean, life happened. Things happen. So there's that. There's um, hurricanes, tornadoes, flash floods. Now there's fires. So things like that happens where you get separated from your pet and – you know, you get displaced, and the new place that you're in right now for a little while won't take pets. So that happens. Um, there's, you know, people go through divorce, or mediate, and then they get the pet, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're the only pet owners, so they need a backup guardian. I call them pet guardians, but it can be a caregiver. They need some backup um, plan in case something happens to them. So, like you said, there's all sorts of circumstances that come up in life where you need a plan. You need a backup plan. and pets pets can't come up with a plan. I mean, this is on you. This is on the pet owner, the pet parent that absolutely needs to ha- you know, have a plan, right? Well, and right the before the show,
0: you and I were talking about something as simple as going on vacation. And leaving our pets either, you know, at a facility, uh, a vet, a kennel, a resort, mm-hmm. or even leaving them in their yeah. own home, but with a stranger to take care of them, right. a, a pet caregiver. Yeah. Um, yeah. And And fortunately for me, I have a pet sitter who knows my animals um because Mm -hmm. she spends a a fair amount of time at my house but um even she mentioned the other day that this last time when i left her with my senior papillon that it was the first time she had had my papillon where she felt like a laden wasn't going to bite her head off because she had been you know left at home with somebody other than her mother and um (laughs) And so I think, you know, even just going on vacation is important because certainly people Mm -hmm. go on vacation and they don't come home from vacation sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we're just saying how hard it is to find a good pet care sitter.
0: (laughs) That is true. So anybody who's listening, yeah. if if uh, you're looking for a job, that's probably a good one. And if you're in Jacksonville, <laughs> reach out to Caroline because she needs somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Caroline,
1: tell me about the pets that you have of your own. Uh, yes, uh, right now I have two two cats, um, and they came to me um, separately, but about twelve years ago. Um, but until about t- 2014, 2015, I had an additional three really precious cats. They were my babies. Um, I had a real dainty mother. Um, I had her for about 19 years. And then I had her daughter, who was born in my garage, for about 18 years. Um, And then I had a real large, gentle Maine Coon for about 10 years. Um, and they all came to me as well. Um but they all died of cancer about two to three months apart from each other, which was a real devastating, um horrible, um difficult time. Um, they were all inside cats, so, as you probably know, when they're inside, um, they're very bonded um, to you and um exclu- extremely close. Um, so yeah, they were they were basically my kids um and before then i had three others um ages 20, 19 and and 10 as well all of my cats have been very very sweet and follow me around like like little dogs um when I, and they'd come to me when i'd call them um they each had their own personalities and preferences and and, you know, their own routines and, and, like we were talking about, their own vocabularies. Um, but now as a kid, I had different, all sorts of different kinds of animals. I had dogs, I had rabbits, pigeons, um, a duck, a squirrel, and then I rode horses when I was in Ecuador. Um, so, yeah, all all kinds of animals. They just, animals just have such a sweet, you know, such a sweet soul and they're just i don't know they're just so loving i just i don't know i'm just i just love animals <laughs> well they, they don't really ask for tender. a whole
0: lot and they tend to give no. back in a uh, large proportion to um what they actually require so yes True. That's what makes them very special to us. And, um, yeah, and when we lose a pet, and we've talked about that on the show as well, I mean, that is as devastating as losing a Uh, member of your family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And especially to lose them, you know, bing, bang, boom, all in a row like that. Yeah,
1: back to back. Yeah, it was a horrible time.
0: And I know people often Um, say after an event like that, I'm never going to do that again. And and that makes me sad, because then I have to say, well, you know, sometimes pain is the price of love.
1: Yeah, true.
0: And uh, yeah. I can't imagine not having, you know, a house full of pets. Now, I'm sure some people would say, I can't yeah. imagine not having a house full of kids, um, but I... Uh, I I jokingly tell people I had a dream last week that somebody left me with uh, an infant and a four-year-old to take care of, and uh, that was a really big mistake (laughs) on their part, and thank (laughs) goodness it was a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, they didn't leave very good instructions either. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) So one of the things that you mentioned a moment ago, and um, I want to talk a little bit more about it in a minute, is the uh, pet care power of attorney. Um, But for those of you who might just be joining us, you are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Pet Will Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can find us on mixlr.com forward slash petwill. You can also find us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats or on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and today we are talking with Caroline Emery, also an attorney who um, has a passion, like I do, for helping families plan for their children who wear fur coats for their pets. So, Caroline, um, obviously you just love, 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 love pets like I do. I can absolutely hear that in the way you describe um, your your pet family. And um, I'm so glad that there's somebody out there like you who's helping families through this difficult process because I don't think all attorneys are created equally in this particular realm. Do you want to comment on that a little bit? In what way? Well, in sure way that um, um, we don't all have the same experience. So I've had clients ask me before, you know, I want to do a pet trust, but do you think I should work with an attorney who has pets? And... Um, I have to absolutely say, I think if you're going to do a pet trust, you should work with an attorney who has pets because then at least they're going to have that same empathy or hopefully that same empathy that you might have for pets. Um, But you also want somebody who has experience in planning for pets. True. True. So I um, I wouldn't send somebody to a um, to a personal injury attorney to do estate planning for pets.
1: No. No. <laughs> no. You you would want uh, an attorney who does estate planning and who has pets and who has a passion for pets and who cares about pets and cares about people and um, yeah, who has uh, who's looking out for person's best interest and the pet's best interest, definitely. Absolutely. So
0: you mentioned earlier
1: a uh, pet
0: care power of attorney, and um, that is also a document or a legal instrument that I think is a valuable part of a comprehensive pet care plan. And um, explain to our listeners in a little more detail what a power of attorney is and and why they're important
1: well they give the they give an, uh, another person the same authority that uh that you would have um to be able to um, get um this i would say the the prescriptions or to get um, to do to do the same financial um, uh the same financial um, program. Uh, this not programs. Financial. Dis- makes the f- same financial decisions, medical decisions on behalf of your pet um, as you would. Um, and I think so that is... Basically, you would appoint or assign or, or name or nominate a person, uh, somebody that you would trust. Uh, it's good to have an alternate alternative person in mind in case that one person falls through. um, And um, that person is usually called an agent or uh, power of an attorney. And um, and I I, I guess that's basically the
0: gist of it, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And um, so the person who's granting the power is normally referred to as the principal. And then the person Mm -hmm. who receives the power is the agent. And although there's no legal authority under the law for a pet care power of attorney specifically, um, certainly I can delegate any right that I have to anyone I want. And so if I was going out of town, I could delegate to my pet sitter, um, the ability to make healthcare related decisions for my pets. I could even say what decisions I wouldn't want my pet caregiver to make on my behalf. So let's say I was out of town and, uh, had a pet with a critical care situation. Um, I might even have in my pet care power of attorney that I don't want them to make euthanasia decisions that those decisions require my participation um, except under very specific circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways that that pet care power of attorney, I think, could be used to um, enhance the decision-making ability of um, a pet sitter or an alternate person, just somebody else who could act on my behalf. Exactly. Um, so, in creating this pet care plan, um, we've just said that a pet care power of attorney is an important component. Um, a, I know in my, in my personal practice, when I'm doing financial durable powers of attorney, I always include pet care provisions. So, as part of that um, legal instrument, I'm empowering my agent to make some limited decisions on behalf of my pets. And then in my pet trust, and I have a standalone pet trust, I am Mm -hmm. outlining in great specificity all of the ways that my pet caregiver or my pet guardian can provide for my pet. And I'm laying out absolutely everything, my hopes, my dreams, my fears, where I want my pet to reside, how I want them to be taken care of, whether I want my pets to be um, kept together as a family unit or whether they can be separated, Um, who I want as my trustee, the person who's going to be responsible for the management of the estate assets or the trust estate assets, and then I also include trust protectors and final beneficiaries. So lots of components, lots of moving parts to a comprehensive pet trust. Yes,
1: it's quite complex actually.
0: Um, I think it's a little more complex than some people give it credit for because um, mm-hmm. obviously you and I have thought about all of the nuances that um, mm-hmm. maybe others haven't considered.
1: Mm-hmm. And the key is to make sure that the trust is funded, of course.
0: Absolutely. So talk about that a yeah. little bit
1: and what your experience has been. Well, it is- it's just important that they actually fund it, and I I analogize it rather than a trunk. I analogize it to a purse or a wallet. If it's a man, um, just make sure that there's um, that there's money in the purse or the wallet, um, so that it's not empty. So that when the time comes, you don't open the purse or the wallet, and there's nothing in there. So um, because then it doesn't work. Then then you can't. Um, you know, if you were if it was a wallet or a person you go to the store, you can't shop. That's kind of the analogy I use and then they get this aha moment. <laughs> so um that kind of tends to work. Um so um so with a the trust they need to um uh, actually um it's called you need to fund the trust. You need to um Put money into it, and the ways of putting money into it is um, either if they don't have cash right away, they can um, use you know life insurance um, or uh, I don't know um, you start having to get creative, I guess. But um, you know you can use art or jewelry, um, bank accounts, IRAs, um, things of that sort. And again, this. I keep going back to your book because your book really is good. <laughs> but um, your book covers some of this as well.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, there's lots of different ways that a trust can be funded. Um, sometimes we call that asset integration, so making sure that we have our assets Owned in a way that's consistent with our planning and um, and that can be a little complicated sometimes for people to get their arms around but the main thing is that we want to make sure that whoever we've named as our pet guardian has the resources available to them so that they can actually care for our pets. Um, there was a time when I might have let a client talk me into doing a pet trust as part of a will, so as a testamentary type um, trust. So a trust that didn't actually come into existence until such time as the um, the pet owner had passed away. And the difficulties that I've run into with that is that it takes time to actually get the money into the pet trust. And so there is that kind of unknown period of time that um, you don't have, the pet caregiver doesn't have access to money in order to pay for the needs of the pets. And uh, that happened to me recently with one of my clients. And and unfortunately, the pet caregivers um, were more than Willing to continue to take care of the pets and and wait for their payment, um, but that wouldn't necessarily always be the case. And we certainly don't want to put pets at risk because we don't have easy access to resources to help take care of them.
1: Yeah, and along those lines, what I another thing I I, I explain to people is that when the only plan that you have is to provide for your pet in a will and you don't have any other plan in place, that uh, sometimes falls short as well because uh, by the time the will goes through probate, um, it can be a little late, especially if your family or friends either forget or don't know about your pet um, and especially if it's a, a cat um, cats you know it's not uncommon for cats to hide in a closet somewhere and um, so if, if people forget about the, the pet um, it's 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 been known to happen for pets to starve to death or for their organs to shut down before people will find the pets um, so so it's not always the best um, plan if if that's the only plan that that people have is to to have um, just a will and nothing else. I would totally
0: agree. And then the other thing I would say that people sometimes don't think about, and which actually happened in this same instance, was that this person who passed away had a number of elderly cats. And... um, Even though they were well taken care of, um, ultimately they were placed in a um, cat sanctuary. And um, they didn't adjust well um, to leaving their home and to having to go to a new home. And ultimately, um, three out of the four senior cats passed away. And, um, and, And within a really kind of a pretty short time after they went to this really a fabulous sanctuary um so i don't put any blame on the people that that became responsible for the cats it's just that they were out of their environment they were out of their routine they were traumatized by the move by the loss of their owner um, by so many factors that nobody could have anticipated and um and and sadly or, or maybe happily they went on to join their owner in heaven Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So that's the way yeah. I'm, I'm trying to look at it That uh, they're all reunited at this point um, So I just think it takes a lot of um, thought um, And a lot of advanced preparation In thinking about how you want your pets to be cared for If you can't be there for any reason Um, Mm -hmm. It could be everything, as you mentioned, from a natural disaster to a vacation to being in the hospital to being in rehab to any number of things that could prevent us from getting back to our pets in a timely manner. Caroline, do you talk to your clients about um keeping uh pet alert cards in their wallets as well as um notifications stickers on the outside of their homes to let first responders yeah know? and
1: and and you've uh, you've brought this up quite a few times um you want to mention you want to talk about that because I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. You talk about having it in a window, putting it in a purse um go ahead yeah, I, I think that is a great idea. um just because
0: if you know if something did happen to me on the way home from work, I would want somebody to know that there were pets in my house. Um, I did notice yesterday I installed a new home security system. And um when I was registering for the online monitoring, one of the questions, and i was i was I was happy there was a place that said additional comments or instructions for first responders and i put in there you know please be advised i have three horses i have six dogs and i have three cats um so that they would at least be on the lookout so that when somebody showed up at my house maybe they didn't just open the door and willy-nilly let my animals out by accident
1: that's good yeah that's
0: great because certainly, I, I know of cases where that has happened. I know where it's happened accidentally. I know where it has happened accidentally on purpose. Um, and accidentally on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the kids, the kids came to mom's house and they go, uh-oh, the dog got out. You know, because that was the child's solution to what are we going to do with mom's dog. Mm. Oh, yeah, not, not all dogs are like mine. You let mine out, and, you know, they're beating the door down in about two minutes to get back in. Uh, but a lot of dogs, you open the door, and they say, Yahoo, freedom. Um, and and then you may not be able to locate them um, unless they have, you know, a an ID tag that is somehow linked to the, um, Information that can get that pet returned home as quickly as possible, and again, that's really yeah. why we designed the MyPetWill.com system to be as user-friendly as it is. And um, I understand that um, you're going to be able to go on now and actually create a free online pet profile, um, and and then decide whether you want to link that to a tag, which I would. Highly recommend. And then um, the next step in the process would be to go ahead and get the standalone pet trust that um, I created for the benefit of mypetwill.com, and um, that has been vetted by a number of attorneys across the country. I'm sure that there are improvements, Caroline, that even you would see in that, and and certainly as an estate planning attorney, I would encourage you to work with your clients to to make it even better, to incorporate it into their existing estate plan, um, and and make any amendments to it that you think would be appropriate.
1: Sure, we'll work on that. Um, there's also um, there are also facilities that help um, that help with people um, place their their pets and make sure that they're, they're, they land in a safe place. Uh, in here in Jacksonville, I'm not sure about in in Orlando if there's the same over there or not Uh, for example there's there's hospice over here that has the pet peace of mind program where they feed and medicate and find a home for the pets Um, it's a great program as long as the patient is a hospice patient and the pet is adoptable Um, if listeners want to um, adopt a pet they can find it uh, posted on their web page on their Facebook page I'm sorry Um, at Community Hospice and Palliative Care. I know you always say, um, until there are none, adopt one. (laughs) So if anyone wants to adopt one, um, they can find one there. There's also um, senior living um, communities here that um, are pet-friendly and allow their residents to bring in um, their own pets. Um, One one great one that I was at recently and visited, it's phenomenal, um, it's uh, Augustine Landing. It offers a um, safe, comfortable, affordable lifestyle, um, where where residents can bring in their own pets. I thought that was really, uh, really nice, and and it was a really homey looking facility. Um, their website is augustinelanding.com. But anyway, um, for those who end up in in um, senior living communities, um, they can they can end up there, and and, um, that facility will help find a home. So that gives some comfort, um, although you're not sure exactly where the pet might end up um, unless you have your own plan in place. It always is best um, to have your own plan in place. Um, I know Arbor Terrace here also is an assisted living facility for those with um, memory loss. and um, that's you know that's another facility that um, that offers um, its residents um, some um, some help. Although I'm not sure they allow pets, but um, they've been um, very um, helpful as far as allowing me to, to talk on behalf of um, uh, our pet care plans. So th- I've I've found a lot of support in the community. Um, as far as uh, trying to get pet care plans um, promoted, I guess, so to speak, um, but it is always best to have your own plans. A lot of people um, I, I find it um, I don't know, I find that a lot of people think that ha- they have their own plans, but when you dig a little deeper, um, you realize that their plans aren't all that reliable, and you've pri- you probably came across this as well Peggy with your own clients when you kind of question them a little bit more than you realize you know they think oh yeah no I'm good my my plan's good you know I have you know I'm fine but then when you when you ask really um I found I think there's three top re- reasons that plans aren't reliable and and here are my top 3 okay um okay so their family member they all say oh yeah my wife no my husband no my kids will take care Okay, so here, their family members might be in the same car accident or might be busy in the hospital with them, taking care of them. So they, their family member might not come through. That's top reason number one. Number two is their neighbor. They keep, thinking, they keep talking about, oh, yeah, my neighbor will take care of them. Well, their, mate, their neighbor might have their own pets that don't get along with their pets. Um, so that might be another problem. That where their plan might not come through. And then the third one is that the intended pet guardian that they have all lined up, that they think is going to be lined up, um, may have their own issues. Like they might not be financially or physically able to take care of the pet, or they might have somebody in the house that's allergic to pets. So they might not be able to come through um, for them. And so more often than not, pets end up either at the Humane Society or the vet's office, um, and and the poor pet ends up not having a home and not being adoptable because it's either sick or, or too senior. So it's always good to have um, pet guardians lined up and then alternatives and then alternatives to the alternatives um don't you think peggy
0: i do i agree absolutely alternatives to alternatives to alternatives um i think the more people that you can get a commitment from that are willing to take care of pets um your pets in particular is really important um i i have um on more than a couple of occasions scene where people say, oh, I know my spouse will take care of my pets or I know my kids will take care of my pets, but honestly, you don't know um, because you don't know what facts are going to surround that person's life at the critical time and whether or not they're going to actually be able to take care of the pets as promised. And so that's why I think the pet trust is so important because if your spouse or if your family can't take care of your pet as promised or your friends can't take care of the pets as promised, that there's an alternative. And there's an alternative where they didn't walk away with the money and um, and now there's no resources for the care of the pets.
1: <laughs> Walk away with money. And then you've joked before about your husband walking off with, or no, ending up with a Susie who doesn't, what's yeah. the bimbo? What is I it call again? her Bambi it's the so bimbo, funny.
0: that's right. <laughs> um, and, you know, and he swears he won't, and um, he likely wouldn't, but who knows? Um, I (laughs) certainly wouldn't hold it against him if he wanted to get remarried, but um, I would hold it against her not to love my pets. And um, I just can't take that chance because not every person is going to be willing to take on the responsibilities um, for that many pets.
1: And costs, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in my case, you know, I have lots of life insurance. And so there's going to be plenty of resources to be able to take care of my pets. Um, But to the extent that my husband doesn't want to or can't for some reason, um, then there's still resources available to make sure that they're cared for. Now, having just said that, here's a good question. Um, People often ask, you know, how much is enough? for the pets or how much is too much Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. because we've seen um, instances, Leona Helmsley being a prime example, where she tried to leave $12 million for her dog trouble, and the court said $12 million is too much. Now, um, I don't agree with that, but I wasn't the judge on that case, and they didn't ask me, Um, but when we're trying to figure out how much is the right amount... I always ask my clients to err on the side of too much versus not enough.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Because yeah, they can always cut back. Nobody's right. going to
0: add. Exactly. Um, and mm-hmm. and I have dressed. I have drafted the mypetwill dot com trust to say though that if the pet owner has failed in some way, shape, or form to leave enough money for the pets, that the pet caregiver will take care of the pets out of the goodness of their own heart. Now, there's no guarantee that that would happen, but there's enough uh, safeguards built into the MyPetWill.com trust that there are alternative pet caregivers, there are options for um, placing the pet in a way that would be in their best interest. and um and I've also worked here locally with one of our local rescues to develop a program where, as a last resort, they will take your pets and guarantee that your pet will not end up in the shelter, that it will go to a um, forever home. and um and so for folks that are really concerned that they don't have, those identified persons. Um, there's there's lots of good folks and lots of good organizations out there that are um, taking on those responsibilities.
1: That's great.
0: So um, that we are running out of time, Caroline, and um, I know okay. that you and I could talk about this topic um, endlessly. For hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we would encourage anyone who's listening, if they have questions, definitely reach out to to me, Peggy Hoyt, or to Caroline. That's Caroline Emery, E-M-E-R-Y. And what's the best way to reach you by email or through your website, Caroline?
1: Yes, it can be. Uh, you can, they can find me on my Facebook under Caroline, that's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, Emery, Estate Plans for You and Your Pets on my website, emery, E-M-E-R-Y, law, dot com, or my email, that's emery com. Thanks, Peggy.
0: You're welcome. So lots of good ways to get a hold of Caroline if you have questions for her or uh, for me, easily found on um, Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, many of the other social media sites uh, i'm out there kind of in force and if you just type in my name um you'll probably find more ways to get a hold of me than you had anticipated so thank you for listening to all of our listeners out there um we're just a week away from christmas right now and um make sure your pets are safe and keep them away from the poinsettias and the chocolate and anything else that might um, cause them to have less than a happy Christmas and um, enjoy the holidays yourself. Um, Please don't bring puppies into the household or kittens during this holiday season. Um, pets, Pets are not gifts. They don't make good gifts. Um, and um, I'm proud of all of the rescue organizations that actually don't adopt during the month of December just for that reason. And, um, and, and I just want to echo what Caroline said earlier. And thank you, Caroline, for adopting my motto. But until there are none, please adopt one. And um, happy tails, and we will see you soon. Have a happy holiday. Thank you for joining us on PetWill Radio. Visit PetWillRadio.com for updates on shows, links to previous shows, inspirational stories, videos, and more. Until next time, take care.